Well, it's springtime in the valley on Magnolia Lane. It's the August National and the master of the game. Who wear that green coat on Sunday afternoon? Who walk that 18th fairway singing this tune? Augusta, your dogwoods and pines, they play on my mind like a song. My goodness. Hello, friends, and my, this is your host, Kyle Serlo, and gosh damn, this, this music. I mean, if this, if this doesn't get you hot and bothered, there, there really is just no hope for you. I, I really hope you guys enjoyed Dave Loggins bringing us in with the original Masters theme song with lyrics. I found that little beauty as I watched the 1983 Seve Ballesteros win at Augusta National and I just thought it was so delightful, so wonderful. I had to share it with all of you because I have had that little minute-long jingle on repeat for the past week and a half, gearing up for the Masters. On this week's episode, we'll talk to two of our closest friends, my longtime co-host Casey, and along with Christopher Durr, host of the No Gimme's podcast, as we look ahead to this weekend's greatest storylines, Things to watch, players to place wagers on, and other points of interest at the 2018 Masters. So let us begin with a conversation with my good friend, Casey Edmondson. Jim Nance did say that this is the most anticipated Masters that he has covered. He, he, well, this is the thirty-third straight year. He said it could could okay. be the most could be the most anticipated. He's called the Masters for thirty-three straight years now. Do you think he has a point? Oh yeah, I mean it's <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. All the good players are in good form, and that's what makes a good tournament. So and the weather is supposed to be good, isn't it? I mean, you might know better than me. Well, but. I, I took a look at the uh, the weather report today. I mean, okay. So for anybody that's listening, uh, we're recording this on Monday, April the second. So Monday of Masters Week, and it looks like there's supposed to be some rain on Wednesday, and then there's about a fifty percent chance of rain on Saturday. But it's supposed to be sunny Thursday, Friday, Sunday. So Fine. assuming so, so yeah. assuming that it's wet on Wednesday, the course maybe plays a little bit soft on Thursday. Rains again on Saturday, Fine. and maybe the course plays a little soft on for the final round. All right. Bottom line, we're going to have a picturesque augusta e honey-dripping, awesome setup. There's very Tiger Woods-ish things going on. He's playing well. He's top 10 in strokes gained. 
uh, you know, Mickelson, Watson, Justin Thomas, Spieth, McElroy, everybody, everybody's playing well. Oh. You've even got the Ian Poulter storyline now, which, which is, is a great wild for little wrinkle. Big Ian Poulter fans. Oh. How good was Houston Open? Did you watch that thing? I, so I, I only watched a little bit of the final round. I, I didn't catch a lot of it. Uh, did, did you have any thoughts? Because really, I mean, my biggest takeaways is I actually kind of like Ian Poulter going into this weekend. I don't know about yeah, to win, but I, I like his chances to compete. Yeah. And it was, and, you know, I think everybody was pretty down on Spieth, and then with him coming in and and, and posting a t- you know a third place, I. I I, I think everybody's feeling pretty good about all the top guys' chances right now. Yeah, Spieth definitely looks better than everybody kind of feared, although his putter is a little bit not quite up to his standards, although you have every reason to think that once he shows up at Augusta, he's going to start feeling his oats again and you know back in the groove on those greens, so it'll probably fix the putting. Yeah. So we've got, we've got every cool, good player in good form and that's what makes a good tournament. Uh, everybody, of course, who you know is a real American, uh, wants Tiger Woods to be in the hunt and to win. Uh, but even if that doesn't happen, we have every reason to expect a good tournament. Yeah. Um, so no, highly anticipated, highly unpredictable. No dominant player. Everybody's semi-hot, but nobody's winning every week. So balanced, uh, all the elites are in good form. You know, we're retigered. Good weather. It's got it all. Mm-hmm. I agree. Wait, well, hey, I want to dive a little bit deeper into the the number one storyline, which of course is Tiger. So I actually have not had a chance to talk to you much uh, in the last month. Um, so I haven't actually talked to you at length after Tiger's appearance at the Honda and at the Valspar and at Bay Hill. Um, what, what what are some of your thoughts? I mean, do, do you have any takeaways? I mean. It's kind of weird that it almost feels like the the Tiger excitement has cooled down a little bit just because he hasn't played in two weeks. Um, but I mean, dude, especially coming off that that runner up at the Valspar, sure. did you think it's getting? You think it's ramped up a little bit? Well, I I think the Masters week hype is definitely you know going full force and everybody's super excited. I mean, you you've seen the stories about the ratings that everybody would expect that yeah. they're way up. That, you know, the Golf Channel is getting, you know, like two shares, which is insane for Golf Central and pregame shows. And these live from the Masters are going to get good ratings. And the Masters is going to get great ratings unless Tiger is totally out of the running. So, uh, no, the sports world is way into it. Uh, you know, still not quite at the levels that it was back when Tiger was Tiger 10 years ago, but. I think we're going to see pandemonium if he's really challenging for the lead. Everybody's frothing for it. Everybody's been pent up for years. I mean, it's just people are dying to see this story happen. And so if they see it happening, we're going to see delirium set in. Evidently, Tiger Woods chipped in for Eagle today during a practice round, uh, chipped in from behind the green on two, and everybody lost their shit <laughs> on a completely meaningless chip in on Monday because on Monday, because it was so good and because of what it portends for the week. So no, the, there's a little bit of um, maybe a little bit of die down in the last couple of weeks because he hasn't played, but as we see the tournament come a- approaching and the news conferences over the next couple of days, 
we're going to get right back to that. I'm not sure what the tee times are going to be, but uh, we can expect the uh, professional world of white-collar bullshit to grind to a stop mm-hmm. on Thursday and Friday as Tiger Woods plays at Augusta. Yeah. Well, okay, so uh, up until this past weekend, amazingly enough, Tiger was the betting favorite going into the tournament. Now, again, maybe it's just those couple weeks off. Uh, you know, I think part of it might be a couple guys, you know, having a really nice uh, uh, go with the match play. You know, speed finishing in the top three last last week at Houston. Um, Tiger, depending on which sports book you look at, is now not the the sole favorite uh, to win this weekend. Uh, but then I, I'll ask you, realistically, if if you had to give your honest take, what do you expect from Tiger this weekend? I expect a top ten. And I expect him to finish within within five shots of second. You know, maybe somebody will run away with it. But I, I definitely think that it'll be one of those – if I had to pick one outcome, I would say it's going to be one of those things where he is kind of lurking in the far background on Sunday and maybe because he hits the back nine ahead of the leaders – he pulls within a shot or two of the lead, and then you know those guys get to the birdie holes and, and pull away again. I, it'd be a shocking if he won, but yes. uh, stranger things have happened. I mean, we've I mean Danny Willett, <laughs> what the fuck? So uh, definitely wouldn't be as strange to see Tiger Woods win this tournament. The only reason you expect him not to is because so many other players are, you know, reasonably. They're peaking. They're playing real well, and they've got way more tournament golf under them. You know, Tiger. I hate to say it, but you still can't be a hundred percent certain of the body holding up for, you know, what's what's definitely a taxing physical golf course. Um, you know, I have no reason to believe he'll, you know, wear wear down, but it could happen. So. Uh, I expect a top 10, though. I would be surprised if he didn't have a top 10 because statistically, top 10 on tour in strokes gained at a course where he is really, really good and a course that separates truly excellent golfers from the rest pretty effectively. And so you should expect guys who might be in good form but are just a little bit intrinsically weaker like a guy like Poulter, who's a great, great player, but he just doesn't have the shot-making ability or the distance, you would expect him maybe not to threaten to win. But you, you've got those guys like Tiger who bomb the shit out of it, who are all-time greats, and they tend to overperform at tournaments like this. Yeah. It's, it's just so tough, man, because like, I want him to win so badly and i think there's a lot of people out there. i think there's oh a lot God. of intelligent golfers out there that truly believe that he's going to win and i i'm definitely not stupid enough to think you know i'm not quite stupid enough to think that it absolutely can't happen but i i, I do tend to think it's a little bit more of a long shot than uh certainly than vegas is i mean I, vegas just knows that everybody wants tiger. to bet on tiger and, and i think that's why the odds yeah. are what they are i i agree and i think the reason we've seen Rory McIlroy overtake or, or equal Tiger is that Vegas wanted to make the Tiger odds short right after people realized that he was doing well. Yeah. And so, like you said, the story's cooled off for a couple of weeks. Um, less public money. They, they are not as scared of the downside by maybe moving Tiger's odds a little bit up. 
And then I actually would expect in the next couple of days, as people get their last minute bets in and, you know, casual fans uh, bring more money to the table, I would expect to see Tiger's odds go down again because he's going to be interviewed. Uh, he's going to express confidence. There shouldn't be any negative stories about his performance, if anything, the opposite. And so Vegas is going to know that they want to hedge against a big flood of money coming in on him at the end. So I think I would expect the tournament to kick off with Tiger as the betting favorite. Yeah. And it should, depending on who, you know, it's depending on what sports book you look at. Um, I think I saw that the sportsbook.ag uh, still had him co listed as the favorite with, oddly enough, with Jordan Spieth at, uh, at 10 to 1. But yeah. uh, like I'm looking at the odds at Bovada right now. And Tiger Woods, according to this, has the fourth best odds to win. They've got McElroy at plus 900, Spieth at plus 1,000, JT at plus 1,000, and then both Dustin Johnson and Tiger at plus 1,100. A lot of good bets uh, in general are maybe parlays for top 10, top 20 finishes. That's an interesting way to look. And also head-to-head matchups, you know, which player is going to end up better. But back to Tiger. Are you aware, I wasn't until earlier today, that he, it's being reported that he's potentially involved in some sort of arbitration with this ex-girlfriend of his? From Say what? 20, exactly, who knew? Uh, from 2015 to 2017, he was, he was you know, banging and being banged by some lady uh, whose name escapes me. And Is it the, they, the skier, Lindsay Vaughn? It's not Lindsey Vaughn, but I, I'll be damned if she doesn't look like Lindsey Vaughn. I huh. thought it was Lindsey Vaughn when I opened up the article. He's yeah. If anybody ever had a type, it was Tiger Woods. Yeah. And uh, he supposedly, you know, was cheating on this, this woman is what the story is. You know, I'm not sure how who sourced it and whether it's substantiated. But she, I guess, left him for cheating again. And... Somehow he managed to like get her to sign a non-disclosure agreement, and now she wants to break it. It's kind of got Stormy Daniels-type parameters to it, legally. Hmm. Um, so anyway, that's all going on. So hopefully Tiger won't be too distracted by this uh, potential reemergence of his lady troubles. Um, but it hasn't really cracked into the mainstream, and he certainly hasn't seemed bothered by it. No, I, I mean, um, right as you were talking about it, I, I tried to do my due diligence as a, as a podcast host and look it up, and it looks like uh, one ex-girlfriend by the name of Kristen Smith uh, signed a non-disclosure agreement to make sure she kept her goddamn mouth shut about their quote-unquote nuclear breakup, according to TMZ Sports, uh, Sports, which... Obviously, is one of the most reputable, uh, you know, sports journalism outlets hey, that there is. You know, I'm pretty sure TMZ broke the Tiger Woods car crash story. I, think, I, I, I mean, they, they were they they've been on top of Tiger Woods from the start. So I believe they. No, did. so I mean, the last thing the public needs is some sort of distraction story. You know, it, it's going to be about the golf this week, and that's another nice thing is that the the Tiger Woods dormancy has kind of peeled off the the general public a little bit and so now the people who are way obsessed and and frothing for tiger are the golf people people like me people like you good people yes uh you know the the best people righteous people and 
you know, it's it's like now it's our private time to enjoy it. And if he wins a major, he's going to be he's going to belong to the public again. But now is the time for the poignant, golfy Tiger Woods comeback story. And truth be told, it, it maybe if we say this too many times, it'll it'll take some of this effect away. But it well and truly would be one of the greatest sports stories in history. Oh. And there's no denying it. And the, really, I think that you can you can uh, build it up, and you can you can take the the mystery out of it. But it still doesn't change the fact of what it would be like to experience viewing something like that, especially if it comes early. Because you know, I've been in the book for a couple of years now, saying I think Tiger's got one more major in him. God knows when it'll be. But if he picks one up quick and he's 42 years old and he just won a major, then all of a sudden the Jack Nicholas stuff is completely back in full force. And we, and we get to actually enjoy the story that we thought we would have seen when we were 25, but we're actually going to be like 40 by the time that story wraps up. But it's just, it's wonderful that his greatness due to his fuckery (laughs) is now like, extending even deeper into our adult adult lives it he really is the golfer of our era and it is just great so i guess then that begs a question so let's let's just go let's go full bill simmons and go all hypotheticals now if tiger is he still alive bill simmons because i thought that everybody had gave up on that guy i believe he's still alive i think he you know he currently works in an office where he's filled himself with a bunch of people between the ages of 19 to 24 who would certainly never, ever dare tell him that he's kind of a tool. And so he's, re- he's really just living he's what, know he, that what he deems point, to be his best he? life. What's that? Yeah. Yikes. Oh, but, uh, well, okay, but we're going Bill Simmons going, on the Masters. We're going Bill Simmons so? hypothetical you know, talk here for a second. If somehow, some way, Tiger does win this weekend and he, gets his, he collects his 15th major, okay, if Tiger, assuming yes. assuming perfect health, you know, granted, I mean, the guy is 40 years old now, so perfect health is, is certainly not what it used to be. Um, but if he does win and he gets number 15, what what is the, I mean, what are the odds on him actually winning four more after that to break Jack's record? And what are the odds on him actually winning three more? I mean, because I mean, still, I mean, with only four tournaments a year, you got to think that once he hits age, Let's say, assuming perfect health, once he hits age 50, it, it, a no-go. I mean, really, nobody's ever won one past age of 46. So let's just say, you know, at 46, you know, that that's how long he has, which means, what, six times 40, well, 24 chances to win four golf tournaments. Yeah. That, that, yeah, that the still odds seems of winning, steep. It's very steep. The odds of winning four out of 24, I mean, I, I, I'm not saying that Tiger had an easier time earlier in his career than maybe Jack Nicholas did against a lot of premium players back then. But I don't think anybody really can argue that golf is not full of better players now than it was when Tiger was winning in the year 2000 and winning the grand slam. I mean, it was, you had VJ who was not quite the peak VJ yet. You had Ernie Els who was kind of, you know, off and on you had Mickelson wasn't, wasn't ripe yet. Um, and then you just had a lot of guys who were solid, but who weren't really ever dominant. Uh, and a lot of guys who were past their prime, like 
Nicholas and Watson and mm-hmm. those those previous year guys. So I think Tiger did kind of he was he was so good and everybody else was kind of iffy. And now it's not the case. He's not going to be as good as he used to be. There's just no way that he can be. And the other guys are way better. So yeah. Uh, you know, it's it's still he's going to have to be winning golf tournaments past the 46 mark for it to be realistic. But there's every reason to believe that he might, because, you know, Jack Nicholas won when he was 46. And that's is that the oldest ever? Or it's the oldest ever masters. And I think maybe Sam Snead might have won a major older than that. Do you do you know who the I, oldest I, was? I don't, maybe oldest? I don't know for sure if somebody has won a major past the age of 46. I do still. I think very somebody might have won one at 48. Somehow I, mean, I, I still very like somebody might have won. The... Remember Tom Watson. Almost beating oh. Stuart Sink in that playoff at the British Open, which that really so that would have been if, if Tom Watson had finished that off. I, that that probably actually would have become the most memorable major championship of my lifetime. That, that that's oh, that's one I wish definitely. I could have back. It was so great, oh. but no, we Tiger is in way better shape. Yes, I mean, of course, he's you know a half robot like Darth Vader well. in, in the Return of the Jedi, but he is in better shape than Nicholas was. Nicholas was like kind of decrepit. And he had really kind of dialed back his golf by the time he won that Masters. Mm-hmm. So you, you have to think that if Tiger can can avoid injury, you know, the caveat you have to drop all the time, that he should be athletic enough to win. And technology is better. Uh, I don't think we need to be thinking about 46 as the cutoff for him. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it really could be that maybe he's even healthier as he ages because he's not going to be capable of as much violence in his swing, and he'll settle into that kind of admirable '50s golfer style that we all kind of see at the at the golf course on the weekend of a guy who's just totally repetition, robotic, trustworthy, and turn into one of those golfers and maybe just win based on his guile. Um, so if you think of Tiger having another 12 years instead of another four, then all of a sudden there's more of a chance, but it'll get harder and harder. I still am pretty comfortable with my one major prediction. It's hard to win majors. It's um, very difficult. You, and you see that only, only Spieth and McElroy really have separated themselves in terms of winning majors and, and getting to that next level where they're going to be hall of famers and, um, you know, guys who are incredibly good, like, uh, Sergio Garcia and, uh, you know, or super early on, but Justin Thomas and stuff, it, it, it remains to be seen whether they're ever going to get past that one mark. And, uh, you know, one for tiger, that would still be a great story. And I hope it's the masters because that's, you know, the, the most timeless and cinematic of places to win. I, I really hope so too. Uh, on Bavada, just a, you know, just a quick thing. Uh, Tiger Woods versus the field. Tiger Woods at plus 1,200. The field at minus 3,300. <laughs> Boy, that is really a fuck you to, to everybody. I'm like... That's what I was like, man. That they, is they, that is a level of disrespect not, I have not seen on the tour in a long time. They they are not hiding the fact that they are going to make money off of that bet no matter what happens. <laughs> that is really brazen and I kind of admire it. Although Tiger Woods odds are even for a top ten finish. Yeah. I, it's very, very realistic to think 
he'll finish top 10. I mean, you think about the uh, factors that we usually look at for judging who's going to do well in a golf tournament. It's uh, overall talent, recent form, and course history. Yeah. And Tiger is really good on all of those. Really good on all of them. Yeah, for sure. Uh, well, okay, so one last little thing here before before I let you go, my friend. Uh, other than Tiger, wh- who are a couple names or a couple guys that you feel really good about and you are really excited to watch this weekend and think they've got a chance to, to take this Ooh. thing down? Oh, oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> it, it is a all sensationally right. loaded question. They are all good. So long as it's not Bubba, I mean, it's enough. It's just... And it really could be him because he's so good at Augusta and he's in great form. Um, oh, it'd just be the worst, wouldn't it? You know, yeah, it would be terrible. I'm not a big fan all the time, but for some reason this week, I'm a little bit excited about Phil. So I wouldn't mind seeing Phil, you know, make a run at it. That's always exciting. Uh, I, I'm over Spieth. So I've had it with that. Uh, I think it'd be nice to see Ricky Fowler uh, actually step it up. I, I don't really think he's totally hitting on all cylinders, but he's so good it could happen. So, And then Justin Thomas. I mean, every reason to believe that he could have a great week. Mm-hmm. So it's all the names It's all the names you hear a million times. I'm not telling you anything different, but, um, you know, I, I, no Bo Hostler, or else that would be my pick. But uh, <laughs> Do you think... Uh... What about your son? Honestly, man, I, I'm just I'm so brainwashed that I, I I honestly can't even think about anybody not named Tiger Woods. Not necessarily for winning, That's but just just right. for watching. Yes. Um, I, I, the thing is, I, I I'm going to talk about this a little bit more at length uh, with with our next guest. Uh, uh, but you know, the couple storylines that I'm most fascinated to follow. Um, obviously, you know, Phil, you know, Phil is 47. So if he were to win. That would make him the oldest Masters champion of all time. And he's got four, in his last four stroke play events, all of them top ten finishes, including his win in Mexico. I mean, Phil, I, yep. I'm very excited to watch Phil this weekend. Yeah. For the first time ever, I'm really excited to watch Phil. Yeah. And Phil has grown on me over the years. I mean, he's still... Big time. You know, he's still a guy who plays professional golf who complained about paying taxes to live in California. <laughs> so that that's still a little bit off. But... He's kind of become less of a dick over the years, and he's become a better golfer. And after that British Open, I'll tell you, that's one of the most memorable and wonderful golf-watching experiences I've ever had. Absolutely. And it really, I, he really grew on me with that performance. And you know, now as he gets older, I, I like that sort of Hall of Fame, timeless uh aspect to watching him play he's he's more endearing in his in his elder statesman role yeah absolutely. so you know we the, the the public has never you know you you think that it must have happened a million times based on golf journalism and the way these people stack up in golf history but tiger and phil have never really had a showdown at a major the closest they did was at bethpage for the u.s open mm-hmm. And that wasn't really such a, a battle. Tiger really was in control. Uh, Phil was just, you know, making it tough. But it wasn't like a back and forth with a lot of lead changes. Jesus, can so you, can you imagine if Tiger and can Phil you imagine? are playing in the final group on Sunday? People's and that's exactly the, the, my the, point. The, is the satellite like, dishes at Augusta once? would break. 
and it's been you know everybody's been clamoring for it for years and it's so you, you think it's a cliche but it's actually never happened and so this year you know there it's as good a chance as ever for us to finally see that and it would be even cooler now that they're both you know in their 40s and kind of you know being afterthoughts with the young guys and yeah i mean wouldn't that be amazing and great for golf man it would be so awesome all right the last one i'm going to leave you with before I let you go and tend to all of your uh, your work duties here, as late as we you know, we approach late. I'll, I'll on be Monday watching Golf Central on tape. Is my work <laughs> duty for this evening. Okay, but now, okay, now they said I have two questions. But the second to last one I have for you: um, Does Rory have a chance to finish his Grand Slam this weekend? Yeah, he's in great form. How could you say he doesn't have a chance? Uh, I just don't. I don't know. I, I need to see a little bit of the demon getting shaken off at, at Augusta, but. Um, I mean, it's Rory McIlroy. I've I've been firmly of the opinion for a few years now that he's the best, most talented player uh, of his generation. He's way better than the rest of them. Like, even Fowler, and of course, you know, he's got way more majors, so it's not that much of an insightful thing. But you you watch the quality of his play when he's playing well, and it's better than than everybody else's. He's one of the few who can really go super low. Yeah, and. Uh, so he's capable of it, but you know, it's demons. Got to yeah. get past those demons, well, and I, and the career Grand Slam pressure is tough. It's it's not been done very many times, mm-mm. and uh, he he's I'm sure totally aware of how few people really have the career Grand Slam. I'm not even sure that any, uh, you know, British player or you know Irish player definitely has never been an Irish player who's done it, and I don't think. I think it's uh, Tiger, Gary Player, Nicholas, Sarazen, and Hogan. So that that's it, and a lot of a lot of ways to yeah. get that done at a young age. But you know, he's getting older, a little more mature. So yeah, great chance. He's he's obviously a, a Vegas favorite. He's super good. And if the course gets the rain, you know, it could be that it's not the lightning quick conditions, and we we know that he. He likes to soft golf courses when the course is a little bit moist. Yeah, I mean the thing is, I, I I'm just going to back up and, and, and agree with your sentiment that he he's got to be the most talented, just raw athlete of a golfer right now because he much in the same way Tiger Woods was when we were younger. Rory just seems like he can do things that other guys physically just can't do, and that if he could actually utilize that, uh, you know, without his brain exploding, um, yeah, you got you got to think he's got a good chance. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So they're uh, all playing well. This is the conundrum of yeah. this masters. And the reason why it's so highly anticipated, you don't have a lot of guys who've got a fucked up. thumb. I'm, I'm sure Jason Day's got some sort of malady <laughs> that we haven't heard, but other than that, everybody's probably healthy. So it's really exciting, uh, which is really good, which actually leads me to my final. This, this one for sure is my final question for you. Cause when you brought up that you're going to be watching some golf tonight, I know uh, I talked about this, I think, on last week's podcast, and maybe the one before that, but have you been enjoying or have you been able to take advantage of the Masters putting the final round archives on, onto oh. the YouTubes? Thank you for mentioning that. Yes, I have. It's It's been the background of everything that I've been doing <laughs> in my apartment for a week now. It's so awesome. And I'll tell you what, you know, say what you will about the rich and, you know, I like me some good noblesse oblige from time to time. Like those fuckers 
who who rape and pillage this entire planet when they run a golf tournament they do a fucking good job of it i gotta say they they keep a stranglehold over the intellectual property which means that they you know you got a really well organized youtube channel with all sorts of good content on it and you know it's not all commercial you know laden or or chintzy or marketing executive committee fucked up it's just a bunch of golf purists who got a ton of money and hired a bunch of good camera people and editors to do really pure golf pieces and you know it's all the all the broadcasts which they you know they held a gun to CBS's head. I'm sure, you know, every few years they do it and they probably got pictures of the CBS guys, you know, fucking farm animals and stuff. And they say, we can do whatever we want with the broadcasts, And we're going to cut, we're going to cut the commercials right out of it. Not one commercial in any of them. And it's, it's unheard of. You would never see this successfully pulled off by any other uh, committee that ran a sporting event. So you do have to give them credit where credit's due. And it's a total pleasure to watch these rebroadcasts. Um, the, the, the master's theme, the whole thing, the, the Jim Nance. I saw a ranking of the top 10 syrupiest Jim Nance opening oh. intros. And it was a good list. I, I would give a shout out if I could remember the author's oh, name. But <laughs> um, I've, been, I've, been, I've been bathing in the syrup in my apartment very heavily in the last few days so i'm going to be enjoying the golf central i might even pepper in an old broadcast or two it it well and truly is master's week yes there's no reason to not get this started right away yeah i mean that's the i i to the best of my knowledge i believe the ncaa men's basketball championship is happening uh but what i'm really doing who even cares about that I'm, i'm recording a golf podcast with uh golf golf central on on mute on my ipad in the background i mean it's just this I mean, what, what else are you supposed I mean, if, to be doing? It's Masters Week. If if Villanova put Hideki Matsuyama on the floor, <laughs> I might be interested. But as, so long as it's just, you know, Villanova guys, who cares? Uh, actually, so if, if you've been watching a lot of these uh, these YouTube, uh, you know, Masters uh, final rounds, are, are there any that's, that stick out to you? Or, you know, any tournaments that you went back and watched that you kind of were like, wow, like that you have a, re- a renewed appreciation for? Uh, well, hmm. Huh. Oh well, I mean, Spieth blowing it, Spieth blowing it to Willett was is even more incredible. Like you go back and watch that thing, and it's like, okay, it's the most boring event you ever witnessed. And then within the snap of your fingers, it you can see the wheels just coming off. Even before you know, Spieth obviously bogeyed ten and eleven for those of you who remember, and and they were kind of grubby looking bogeys where he was all dejected and pissed off. And in in a flash of lightning, it went from, you know, smooth to dire. And then when you thought it was getting a little bit choppy, then all of a sudden, you know, the iceberg hit the side of the ship and you never and you watch it on replay and it almost makes it surreal. Like it, 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 it's so incredible that it even happened. And it's just as shocking now because they they didn't even really show Danny Willett with a live shot until like thirteen or fourteen. He's hardly in the broadcast. Yeah, right. And oh, man, and, man. and it's incredible. 
So that's a good one to go rewatch. You, you can skip right ahead to Spieth on 10 when he starts to blow it. Yeah, I mean, it's not very often you can watch the number one player in the world defecate on live television. I mean, it's oh. it's, it's truly remarkable. I, I know for me... And, it, it, and it's just so quiet when he fucks up on 12. Oh, you know, it's, it's just got, like, what is, what's going on? It's got to hurt so bad to just have thousands of eyeballs staring at you in complete silence. Like, that, that just has to be the most uncomfortable feeling. And if he hadn't won the Masters the year before, oh. can you imagine? Oh my God! It would have gone down in the in the annals of chokery. Oh, um, you know he he's he's lucky that he's so good, and he'll you know he got plenty of other positive experiences. But you know, Spieth, he he's had a couple of real rough goes there. I mean, yeah. he he's got kind of like he's challenging Sergio and Phil almost for memorable blowing it, but he's just one major so much earlier in life that he's not going to be, you know, put on suicide watch the same way those guys were. (laughs) Uh, Have you, have you gone back or I should, okay, I'm sorry. That, that was a, that was a fucking rude question for me to ask. How many of Tiger's victories (laughs) have you gone back to watch? And if you've watched all of them, how many times have you watched each of them? Oh, I went back and watched, 2005. Yes, that's the that... only one I've gone back and rewatched. I haven't gone back to the ones before HD, really, because yeah. you know that's I've got nice too much. I'm too busy, and it is it, it really. So, uh, no, I haven't seen the whole panoply of the Tiger Woods victories. But you know, tonight I, I'm I'm going to be picking out a good. You know how like you go down to your wine cellar if you're one of these rich people and you pick out a bottle of wine. I'm going to go to my YouTube cellar and pick out one of these masters broadcasts. Mm. You know, maybe I'll watch the Jose Maria 1999 broadcast. Just, uh, that was a good one. That is one I actually have not watched it. That's, that's an excellent recommendation. Yeah. I think I might go with that or I might go watch, uh, the most recent Phil and just mm. get, get all filled up. Getting filled up would be, <laughs> get it? Well, yeah, got, got to get filled up. I, I went back and watched, uh, mm. so I went back and watched, uh, Seve's win in 83, uh, which, Ooh! Which, Ooh! Look at you. The, the deep, thing is, though, deep cut. Well, the thing is, it it was excellent, but the final round that they have posted for that is only like a little over an hour long, so it's really very, Sweet. very abbreviated, and you do kind of forget how poor the camera work is. Just you know, you, know, you can f- hardly see a th- you can hardly see anything. Can yeah. you imagine being a golf fan back then? It's tough, man. Uh, how yeah. would you know whether you like the sport or not? It was tough. Although I will say. The one, there is one aspect of that 1983 telecast that I've already mentioned in a prior podcast, and actually you will hear it at the beginning of this podcast. People that are oh. listening to this have already heard it, but did you know that the Masters theme song actually has lyrics to it? I didn't know that, and I should have known it. And I, I am in your debt for educating me about that. I almost don't want to hear it because I've got what it is in my head. I don't want to taint it. Will it taint it? Um, I, I will say this. When I first heard it, because it's how they bring in the beginning of the 1983 final round telecast, where Dave Loggins brings everybody in with his beautiful guitar story. I mean, it's still the exact same theme, but he's singing on top of it. And, you know, every single word, every lyric in the song is either Magnolia Lane, Green uh. Jacket, Sunday, oh. Dogwoods. Ah. I mean, like, ah. the thing is, like, it's so goofy, but sh- goddamn, like, when I first heard it, I had an ear-to-ear smile, and, like, I kept ah. going up to every human that I saw being like, you need to listen to how amazing this is, and because nobody 
is like us. They just kept looking at me and saying, you have a fucking problem. Like, no, you have a problem. Well, I think you make a good point. You make a good point. The, the masters it's, it's so pure oh. and all the stuff that would be like laughable and embarrassing and corny in any other context, it just isn't with the masters. It's the exact opposite. It's why it's so good. Yeah. Like when Jim, and <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, when you have Jim Nance dropping lines, like a solitary journey oh. that no man makes yeah. alone. Like, come on. Like, I know it's, 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 the it's absurd. Is that actually awesome. <laughs> no, it's totally absurd. Sports, you know, bullshit. But, but I am so, I buy into it completely. Nobody buys into it more than me. I'm like North Korean rally level buying into the whole thing. And, and, and really, and, and the same thing goes for those horrible lyrics that I'm sure I'm about to hear for that oh. song when I go listen to it. Yes. It's just, I'm way into the Magnolia and the Dogwood and the, the Jim Nance. And it, I, 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 oh, it tugs at your heart, this tournament. Oh, it's so good. Oh, man. Oh, okay. This is the last thing I'm going to leave you with, and then I'll let you get back to it. I just want to bring up, how about that article that our friend John sent us today about that wonderful Chinese <laughs> tourist that attended the Masters? He had a practice round badge, and he brought his golf clubs to Magnolia Lane because he thought that his practice round badge allowed him to go play a practice round at Augusta National. Your thoughts? The, the guy, the, you know, as a lawyer, the guy makes a point. It <laughs> says practice round. It does say practice You know, round. I mean, it's really vague. I mean, I, I can't blame the guy. I, I can't believe that. And uh, he had a and really, I mean, cart. it was so awesome. <laughs> oh, that was it. Was the, the the fact that the clubs were in the picture is the reason why it's so great. <laughs> and he's. Well, I'm dying to know what club. You know how there's what's in the bag. I need to know what clubs were in that bag. <laughs> so that, that that's the investigative journalism that we need in this oh. country. Oh my gosh, it was so good. Oh no, yeah, that was wonderful. Well, that guy, he wins the balls award. Yeah, yeah, big time. Big time. Pro, pro, hey, I don't know your name, kind sir, but whoever you are, a tip of the cap to you. Yeah, oh, that's awesome. Terrific. All right, well, Kasem, terrific. any other uh, any other last uh, thoughts before uh, before I let you go? Well, it's just you know we wait for this week the whole year, and and when it's over, you know it's like you know the whole rest of the year is kind of bullshit, and we're just waiting for this to come around again, and it, it happens in the blink of an eye, and then it's it's gone, much like a comet or uh happiness so like those things uh this is going to come and go so do soak it in don't feel compelled to you know do any work on thursday or friday or you know hang out with your family this weekend none of that is important um what is important is watching the golf tournament uh so make sure you do it you're gonna regret it if you don't it's one of the few things that makes life truly lovely to live is the masters you, you could not be more right. Kasem, you're a beautiful human. And once again, thank you to our dear friend Casey for joining us for part one of the 2018 Masters Preview on the Golf Guide Podcast. The Pines the azaleas, the dogwoods. The 
It really is something special, isn't it? This music just makes everything more excellent. We will be back tomorrow with part two of our Masters Preview Podcast. We talk to Christopher Durr of No Gimmies as we continue to look forward to the 2018 Masters. I love places that are so rich they don't need money. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like the it's like the Augusta, you know, concession prices. You oh. know, it's just it's just such a remind it's a, such a purposeful sign of wealth. <laughs>